Join us each week as Andrew, Ray, and others bring us in on one of their weekly phone conversations with an amazing agent. This is Little Oak Weekly. Hey, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're well wherever I find you today. Maybe you're listening when we release on Thanksgiving, maybe not. But uh, in any event, I hope your Thanksgiving was awesome. Uh, Today, I have a lot to be thankful for because our guest today is a really cool dude who I happen to also get to call my brother-in-law, Jesse Peters. He is a REMAX agent from Winnipeg, Manitoba, eight years in the industry. He's created, created quite the celebrity status for himself in his first eight years in the business as he has become known as the social savvy agent. He embraced video early on in the uh, in the video explosion that we've seen in our industry, and he's uh, yeah he's a trailblazer. He uh, was one of the first guys to do it on a large scale. Uh, he's become very impactful. He's traveled, speaking and teaching, uh, sharing his philosophies all over the globe. Believe it or not, he has spent time in Remax uh, Europe and also south of the border in the United States. Uh, he's done all kinds of traveling, obviously pre-pandemic, hasn't been doing that during the pandemic, but uh, he's quite the guy. And I get to call him my brother-in-law because our wives are sisters. And so I have known Jesse for a number of years. I got to uh, watch him take off in his career. And uh, he's just a guy that is full of great ideas and full of life and energy. And he's a blessing to all those around him. And he's certainly a blessing to his clients, as you will hear today. So. Uh, this conversation is awesome. We touch on uh, a number of topics uh, related to the industry. Specifically, we do get into social media and video burnout, uh, the challenges of the pandemic, how Jesse and people around him have adapted. We talk a little bit uh, about the Winnipeg market and how that compares to our market out here on the West Coast. Um, and then we get into some uh, lighthearted stuff around food and exercise and how we all gained a little bit of weight through the last 18 months as well. So um, Jesse's great. I know you're going to love this conversation. Uh, I hope you benefit from it as much as I did. And um, yeah, all I can say is enjoy my brother-in-law. Hello. Mr. Jesse, how are you? Finished a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> peanut butter? Just peanut, yeah, man. just peanut butter or peanut butter and jelly? No, no. I, I've now come to the stage where it's like there's too many utensils to add jelly, and uh, it, it's quick, it's easy. It's, I'm good with peanut butter. Yeah, are I, we, I don't use. Are we doing? Two are we doing chunky so. or smooth? Smooth, for sure. Smooth. Smooth. Jiffy. For sure. Uh, no craft. Craft. Okay. Crap. All right. All right. No honey, yeah. even like just peanut butter. Yeah, like that's where I'm at right now in terms of like <laughs> u- using energy to make food. I love uh, it. We're, what, yeah, we're, we're a minute, we're a minute into the conversation. We're talking about food. <laughs> it didn't take yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I like I make wraps with cheese and I put uh, Catalina sauce on it because that's easy. And I eat peanut butter sandwiches now because I I really don't. Yeah, my 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 desire to like whip a lot of things together is just not there. So, hmm. <laughs> and do you do you, to- do you toast it or do you go just not untoasted bread? 
toasted, man. I'm toasted. So soft. Basically, want a soft baby sandwich. You cutting the crust off too, or what? No, I, <laughs> I enjoy that. That, that gives a little bit of texture. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. On, on rye bread. On on rye bread. So on country rye bread. So. Thanks for doing this again. This is we yeah, la- no last time we did this. We were uh, we were in Vegas. Remember that? Oh, man, I remember Vegas. I remember sitting in that incredible podcast room you call the hotel room uh, at the uh, at the MTM. Yeah, and... we had a we had a suite. We had the whole setup. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it was sweet, man. Jo- it was Justin good. Justin turned the uh, the suite into a into a recording studio. It was awesome. Yeah, it was super dope. It was it was a lot of fun and. Anytime I get to hang out with Andrew Bracewell, who is also my brother-in-law, um, <laughs> with, <laughs> it, it, it's a good time. So, yeah, yeah. For those listening that don't know, my our 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 wives are sisters, and yeah. we've been we've been brought together through fate. <laughs> through fate, a charming fate, and uh, here we are. It's it's been great though. I miss you, buddy. I miss you, man. I'll just, uh, I'm going to tell you this. I miss Hey, bud. Yeah. You were trying to Here tell me how much you love and missed me, and then technology deceived us and, <laughs> and, and cut us off. Well, it got me out of the moment now. I uh, know. Really I'm, I'm sorry. Like, we, were, we were reminiscing, oh. talking about the last time we saw each other, and then my stupid memory card <laughs> on my recorder uh, cut off. So... Uh yeah. Let's just uh let's continue on. Yes, we we yeah, we Yeah, it was what? Fe- February to end of February 2020 and then kind of stuff was happening all outside North America and well, bam, what? Two and a half weeks later, we stopped traveling. And so yeah, like uh I haven't even I haven't even traveled for any work events or like left the island of the prairies here in uh too long, almost 2 years. A year and a half. Yeah. So yeah, we we haven't even had the family thing. Holy. No, what a world. Uh it's quite it's quite the world we're in. <laughs> yeah. That's an understatement, but at the same time there is some silver linings for this, like your like this how your podcast has now evolved to connect with your office. Yeah. Uh, when when the office meetings in person stuff kind of mm-hmm. kind of paused, wouldn't you say? Yeah. It's uh yeah podcasting. I mean, as you know, you and I podcasted together uh, yeah. once. Uh, well, it was when we were in Vegas. We were doing the uh, that was when uh, I started the Everyday Amazing podcast, which mm. came to an abrupt end, and we we pivoted off that. But uh, yeah, we about last Christmas uh, or thereabouts, we kind of pivoted to using podcasts as a platform to be able to connect with people in our office and. You know, stay on top of things, exchange information, stay connected. Just you know, for obvious reasons, there was uh, months there where we couldn't see people, and uh, it's gone, it's gone well. I, I, it's gained a lot of momentum. We got a lot of engagement within the office, and um, we mostly uh, interview uh, agents and people within our office. But every now and then, we bring yeah. in someone from the outside, like yourself, to get a different perspective. And yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I enjoy doing it, and our engagement has actually been growing. Uh, it's getting quite high within the office. So we know people are enjoying it because they're listening. And, um, and that obviously is the whole point. So, totally. so, so here, here we are where the world, the world has changed and everybody apparently doesn't mind listening to podcasts because they can do it. You know, you don't come to a session, right? You can do it whenever you want. Well, that's exactly it, right? You can listen in the shower, making sandwiches for your kids in your car. When you want downtime, you can, you can, 
you don't want the meeting to be as long. I, I could I could listen to this podcast and put it on two X speed, and it's over in ten minutes, right? Yeah, like, totally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I've I've done that before. It it can be quite humorous depending on the tone of the individual's voice. Totally. And then you're like, and then you, I I, I remember listening. I don't know what it was. One of these podcasts, uh, maybe Spit and Chicklets podcast, at like one and a half speed for quite a long time. And then I saw them, I don't know, on, on a YouTube video. I'm like, that's not what you sound like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I listened to it at chipmunk speed. So, uh, yeah, pretty entertaining. Yeah. So, no, that's great, man. Super proud of you. And uh, I think what a, un- a unique way to deliver value in something, you know, that, that entwines, I think, now with culture as it moves forward. So, uh, let's get after this little oak here we go okay so let's start with what's happening with the um winnipeg market update so for those listening that have never heard your voice jesse's a eight-year remax real estate agent in the city of winnipeg he's a popular figure in the remax network for having embraced video uh early on in the video craze he's trademarked the social savvy agent he's been a touring and speaking fashionado uh, internationally within the Remax network and outside the Remax network, and he's got uh, a big personality that people love. So there, there's the there's the who you are. Everyone, most people probably know who you are, but uh, give us the down low. I know you're obviously not traveling and speaking given the circumstances. Yeah. So yeah. you're selling a ton of real estate, and what's happening in the yep. Winnipeg market? I'm curious to know what's gone on throughout this, uh, you know, pandemic world with your sales, your inventory, and your prices. Yeah, it's uh first of all thank you for the for the introduction. You pretty much nailed it there and so well, we've I, had other podcasts. I just like to that, I like so. to stroke you and compliment you any chance I get. So there you go. And I appreciate that cuz <laughs> rarely does it ever come from any of my other brother-in-laws. So it's good. <laughs> I only have one other brother-in-law by the way, folks. So We'll make sure uh, we send uh, this to him listening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Winnipeg, what's up? What's going on? Often the forgot about location between, uh, British Columbia and, uh, Toronto, the Island of the Prairies. I like to tell it has usually over the years kind of been a balanced market across the board compared to the ups and downs, the roller, the roller coaster, the real estate roller coaster ride that our friends out East and West had faced for many years. Right. right. And so it's, it's often a city where it's like, Hey, you go out, you come back, right? Winnipegers leave, and then they come back when they realize, holy crow, it's affordable to raise a family here. I miss my friends, or I want to grow roots, right? Like, you've kind of done your thing, now you want to come back. So that's always kind of been the vibe. And that was the continued vibe over the last two years of people realizing, holy crow, maybe I'm, I'm too far away from home. I need to be closer to family during this pandemic time. Now let's come back and buy homes. And while it wasn't... Uh, as straightforward as it had been in, in years past. So we've gone from a balanced market to a seller's market and, and probably pretty <laughs> in probably pretty extreme fashion uh, for Winnipeg, but actually probably extreme for, for the country. Like when we're, when we're talking about here, I'll, I'll lay this down. Yeah, give me I, some, I give me some numbers so that we can compare so, here. Yeah, so 2019, where's my screen grabs here? Uh, 2019, where are we here? So a few things that I like to look at are our list of sold ratios. Yeah. Right? So if something sells for asking price, it's 100%. Sure. Over, yep. Right? Yep. So 
2019 in Winnipeg, okay, for a single-family detached homes, which is the most popular price home mm-hmm. or the most popular sale. Yeah. Homes on average were selling for 98.1% of asking price. In 2019, pre-pandemic, 98.1, okay? Correct, 98.1. So for us, that would be considered at the time a relatively balanced market for, you know, if you pull out the, what is it, um, the formula and the rules, that would still be considered a seller's market, I think, in a lot of other places because we've never gone below like yeah. 96%, right? So 97% maybe. But that that's something there. So then, and where's my average sale? So 2019 average sale of homes was 333000 okay. okay. So that's about a third of, of the price of homes out west, which you could see why people would be moving. It's actually, it's actually about a quarter now, but continue. <laughs> yes. Well, exactly, right? Right. Yeah. Outside, you know, within the greater Vancouver area, probably. Yeah. An average sale market was a month. 31 days. Okay. So 2019. Okay? Yeah. So 2020, we, we saw uh, a pause for about two months. Come yeah, March, totally. Because right? yeah. we were still like January, February 2020 was still like normal winter months. Yeah. We, we go into like everyone's going away uh, for vacations, hot holidays, because we get minus 30, minus 40 weather here. We get snow. We're not golfing in January. We have to go somewhere else. Right. So those for us, uh, people here in the prairies, because in, in rainforest land, you guys don't you, you guys get b- beautiful all the time and don't necessarily have to go away. <laughs> so so <laughs> I may be speaking out of turn there, but I might be right. No, I, we understand. Anyways. You're you're correct. You we, our our climate is better than yours. No one's arguing that. Yep. Yep. Most days. Most days it is. Um, so so that was typical start of Q1. Then March and April really dropped down, right? Like everyone was like pulling listings off, voluntary withdrawals, right? What's happening here, right? We saw kind of the spring market begin to arrive in like June. Yeah, later in the year. Later in the, the right? same, yeah, we did the same yeah. thing here. It was a delayed start. So it was bananas, right? Like it was like people were like, holy crow. Either like, I don't want to be stuck in a uh, renting an apartment. I need a house now. Uh, interest rates have dropped. Holy crow, I can afford it. People are still trying to figure out if they have jobs. Other people are like, I better buy now before the world blows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these different things. I want a yard. I want different things. Mm-hmm. Okay? So so I, I think that feel were, and those feelings were probably pretty um, similar across, across our country. Um, and so we began to see a, a Bike, right? So what were we looking at here? Like, here we go. This is where we begin to see. So again, 98% in March 2020, 98, 98, 99, 100, 103, 104, 105, 107, 108. And, and I'm saying those numbers. Yeah, yeah, in the I know. Month, it. I know. It. Right? So where is that? So, Where's the 108? Where are we at and where the 108 is? 108, we were here here in May 2021. Wow. So so yeah. if we want to if we look at at list of sold ratios, so 98% in all of 2019. Yeah. 2020 was still 98.8%, mm-hmm. but that's kind of taken in the first you know, let's say first half of the year was a write off. So But in May of 21, May 
Yeah. Like, so right now we're, we're, we're at 105. Right. But you were average. at 108%. And what's your average price at now? It was 338 in 2019. And what's average price now? Yeah. Okay. So we went from 333 in 2019 to 350 to 353 in 2020, and we're at 395 now. 395 today from 333. So 60. Yeah, so what's that? So you're up about 25%. Correct. Yeah. On, on an average, right? Yeah. 20, now, 23, 24. Also, yeah. Yeah. So what's also been crazy, which has put urgency, you know, in a lot of buyers' head and sellers' heads and whatnot. Our average day on market went from thirty to twenty-four to, to to thirteen. Yeah. Right. And even thirteen is generous when most of these homes are selling conditionally in six days and then have five days to satisfy them. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's been really uh, interesting there, and the number of sales did not decrease. Right. In pandemic mode, sales increased in yeah. 2020 and year like we went from 6,200, 6,300 sales in 2019. Mm-hmm. OK, to 7,500 in 2020, 7,600 mm-hmm. in 2020 yeah. and take off, take off five months. Right. Yeah. Take off five months there. Yeah. Right. And now at the beginning of October, we're already at 7,000. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to surpass 2020 numbers. Yeah. Right. So it's like this. It's like, I, as I talk to people, people are like, oh, what's, how is this happening? I, I, I almost want to call it the perfect storm in a sense because you have these interest rates that are low, right? Mm-hmm. You've got affordable housing per se, right? But we're also dealing with, you know, our first-time home buyers are now the next largest generation outside of the boomers. Mm-hmm. So when people are saying, oh, we've got low inventory, we actually, you know, in the spring of 2021, I've had more inventory come to market than the previous three years. Hmm. We also now have the second largest generation in the last 500 years mm-hmm. buying homes now. I, I actually right? didn't know that. So this is the, like, are these the, the, the you talking about the snowflake generation or what generation is that? No, well, <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't call I know, it snowflake. I know I that's, that's not the, I think that's, that's, that's not your the... earlier 20s. So, but like, you, you've got your... What, uh, 27-year-olds to 38-year-olds. So gen, is that Gen Y? Is that what that is? No, that, that's like millennials. Oh, that's millennials. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. So your millennials, who everyone thought in their 20s, when they're in the 20s, uh, they're just going to rent forever. No, they, they actually aren't. They're now buying homes. And here's the crazy thing, which yeah. is now pushing prices, is the boomers who are their parents. No, grand, wouldn't it be the grandparents? The boomers are kind of like almost their grandparents too. Yeah, but man, I'm a late millennial and my parents are, my, my dad would be uh, a late boomer, I think, right? So it's a little bit of a mix, right? Fine sure, line there. Sure, Here's what we're seeing because we're like, hey, as these average prices have gone up, a 30-year-old isn't necessarily able to afford a, a $400,000 home So as a first-time home buyer. So like, where are you getting your money? Right. So grandparents, parents downsizing, gifting money, pulling money out of stocks, you know, taking monies out of wills to help people get their homes. Mm-hmm. And that's probably something you guys out West have been experiencing for a long time. Like, hey, how, how are people going to get down payments? Right. So so as as housing goes up. So I think that's been a big thing here. And and employment has remained high in Winnipeg. So I, I ran an absorption rate, right? This is, I, I know when you and I talked, Andrew, we, 
you always bring up absorption rate, yeah. like how long yeah. till, till we're out of, and it's not something I usually use because we're also, we don't have a lot of like major metro cities around us. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, Hey, if, you know, you can probably track what's going to happen in Abbey Langley based on absorption rate in Vancouver. And you can see, okay, what's going to come. Sure. Yeah. There's now, conne- yeah, right? there's connections. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. We don't really have that. We're on the island of the prairies, lost in the prairie Bermuda Triangle. Uh, that doesn't <laughs> happen here. Okay. Um, but we've there were we have 603 active listings, single detached active listings in Winnipeg. Winnipeg is about 900,000 people. Just to reference the listeners out there, in the last 30 days, we've sold 630 homes. Did you say, say that again? You have 600 active listings, and in 30 days, you've sold 600, give or take. 630. So your absorption rate is 100%. 95%. 95% 30-day absorption rate. That is, like, Correct. that is as high, like, we've been around that in our market here. We've seen numbers in that range, but I don't know that we've actually hit 95%. We've been around yep. 80 or 90, but that is obscenely high. 94 94.91. Wow. That's amazing. I'm right? actually, so a couple, couple things I'm actually kind of shocked at. Number one, with those kind of numbers, I'm surprised you've only gone up 25% in values because. Well, no, no, no. Keep in mind, like, start, like that's a city average, right? Like. So you've got segments of the market that have gone up 40 and 50%? Correct. Okay. And then. The other thing, th- th- here's an interesting thought, and, and you, I think with what you talked about with the um, housing affordability, I, I've often thought about this. You know, we got people, it's common to hear people out West here, like bitch about the cost of housing, right? Like, you know, housing's not affordable and, and I get it, you know, whatever, homes in uh, Vancouver, you know, the, you can't buy a place for less than 1.5 million, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is that when you hear a story like you told in Winnipeg, where you know that same property is let's say 400 grand or 300 grand that is still viewed as unaffordable by the people in your market and 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 so and i'm not and i understand you know the two economies are different and maybe average income in vancouver is higher than in winnipeg and and all these things but the bottom line is is that like people think real estate is expensive no matter where you go like unless you're going to live in the fringes out in the boonies in in the country and you know, even if government successfully, you know, brought the values down with some type of legislation, what are they going to do? Bring them down 10%? It's not like if you take a home Barely. in Winnipeg from 400 and take it to 360, everyone's now going to go, oh, okay, now it's affordable. And conversely, in Vancouver, I mean, what are you going to do? Bring a home from 1.4 to 1.25? It's not like that's then yeah. deemed affordable. It's, it's interesting to hear that that is the viewpoint you know, in Winnipeg, where the perception here is that, oh my goodness, everything's so affordable in the prairies, like th- th- that's cheap, but not true. If you live there, it doesn't feel cheap. Correct. And, 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 and like what you're getting is an 1100 square foot home. Oh, for that amount right? of money. So that, yeah, because you for guys have a lot of, of those like little, uh, bungalows. wartime bungalows, right? Yeah. That, that's what yeah. I call them. Yep. Because that gets around, they're built around the base or whatever. 40s. Yeah, mid, you know, mid forties to mid, to mid fifties. Uh, a lot of new development was happening at the time. Track, I'd call them track homes, right? Like easy, easy to build. But yeah, we were a big military city for a long time. But yeah, that that would be 1,200 square foot bungalows, one and a half stories with with basements, right? So you know, so now 
They, and they're they're like in ground. When you say basements, those things are like in ground six foot basements, are they not? Oh, they're in ground eight foot to ten foot. Oh, they're basements. that they're that tall. Oh yeah, like it's another oh. reference. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. Like height. We got ceiling we ceiling got height. Yeah. I'm talking ceiling yeah. height. Oh yeah, you're 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 eight, nine, ten feet. Really? Okay. Yeah. I never thought they were that uh, they were that deep in the ground. Now, if you you, you know pre 1940s, they're going to be sure. You know, three quarter storage basements, right? So, mm -hmm. but yeah, no. So that that's what you'd have here. Unlike, I think, like you probably have more crawl space basements in in homes out out your way. Uh, well, not so much. I mean, I mean, you know, like you guys have got a basement, but I know other people who don't have basements. Right on a two-story, it's just crawl space. Yeah, it just depends on where you are uh, yeah. geographically and what the water table is, you know, and whether or not you yeah, can go that deep sure. into the ground. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so that so that's kind of what's going on, right? Like it's it's a challenge as well. Uh, we're we're almost out of like new developments being built, so that's also what helped, you know, for the last seven eight years balance out our residential resale market. Now a lot of those developments are sold out, right? So that's pushing up resale because you're not seeing those new homes come up for sale as quickly, right? Like mm. that's, you know, food for thought. We've got people writing five, six times, not getting homes. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's just, and, and like, honestly, like September was a quieter month for us since September, 2020. But we also attribute to, there's not a lot of selection right now. So it's, it, it's uh, a realtor mode can definitely be a grind right here, especially if you are like zero to three years in the business out here. Yeah, totally. No open houses. Yeah. Uh, we're just starting to get back into that a little bit, but yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. So. That is very true. We've, I've noticed that out here too. The, um, in this extremely competitive marketplace, newer agents who don't have a broad, database of people who know them and then also just don't mm -hmm. have the experience in understanding how to handle these highly competitive situations Correct. um it's been an environment where you know it, it can feel like the the rich have gotten richer in terms of the experienced agents and then the um the the newer people uh have not been able to keep up uh with the pace and have struggled to make deals in some cases for sure for sure so in light of that, in light of everything, you know, we just discussed, what have you, is there anything you've observed in your marketplace or in agents around you where people have adapted or tried to do things differently that you think is, is great? And, you know, I think it's a relevant question to you because you were a early adapter with video. Yeah. You know, you kind of led the charge on that. And here we are with a shift in the marketplace. And, I'm curious to hear if there's been anything you've witnessed or been a part of that's you think is a game changer or imperative in this uh, in this environment we're in. Yeah, you know what? There, there's definitely when when hey, when I got these questions from you a couple of days ago, it really got my wheelhouse thinking again. Because like when you're working on the business in the business, there's certain things you don't think about, and I would definitely say I've started to see more, uh, which I've always been supportive of more agents doing their best to educate, you know, buyers and sellers in a, uh, I'll say on social hmm. through, you know, quick clips and whatnot. I think that's really important because I also think the, the sooner you can educate and have them understanding the process, 
they kind of, when they're ready, they're jumping on, they're jumping on onto the, onto the train that's already moving. Right. So educating their, educating their clients on the, the, the purchasing and selling process using video or like bomb bomb or like what or social like what are they what do yeah, you mean by I think that there's a few different ways like i wouldn't necessarily say i see a bomb bomb video because that's a one-to-one but some of the things i start i'm seeing more agents do is talk about what their what the their real estate market is like or their journey or what the buyer seller journey is like yeah through and i'll talk about social right now through you know through interactive stories, through reels, through TikToks. I see. Through, sure. Uh, right. And, but, but putting that education, not cut and dry, utilizing, you know, trends and entertainment that also, you know, uh, catches attention, but also allows them to showcase their personalities mm-hmm. more. I'm starting to see more agents show their personalities. Yeah. Right. And delivering the same message just in a different way. Right. So maybe I'm doing something educational and it's more cut and dry. Someone else is doing it with, you know, drop it like it's hot. Right. With a Snoop Dogg song talking about pricing or whatever it is. Right. Got like it. there's so many yeah. different ways now where people can deliver the same message with their twist to it, which works for their audience, which is awesome. Right. I really think that that uh, we're starting to see more of that. And and giving away uh, knowledge, not necessarily being the keepers to, to of, of the knowledge the moment they ask for an agent, like earning trust much earlier in the journey. That's really interesting. So you, yeah, I haven't thought of it that way, but you're right. I mean, I, I think more agents have become more relational yes. online than they were before. And it's probably out of, necessity maybe because they weren't that was the only way they're able to connect with their clients for a period of time totally and i also don't think like we only were able to connect for a long time via some like our phones or facetimes or through social apps Mm -hmm. right you know so i think there's a bit of bit of both there and i i noticed that in my own industry with some agents and being you know, it's funny, the video guy gravitates, that's his first answer. Uh, seeing other people other than myself <laughs> deliver video uh, in entertaining, insightful, engaging, in personal ways, I think is awesome. And and I've noticed that, and I'm, I'm always encouraging of that. Did you see people, have you seen people in the last little while, like who otherwise would have been hesitant or scared of video, embrace it out of necessity? Or like, have you noticed a shift? For sure. Yeah. For sure. I have seen because, you know, the ones that don't, you know, have they disappeared or has their priorities changed? You know, what sort of mindset are they in? I think uh, some realize they had to do it to keep a presence to show that they are still in the game, you mm-hmm. know, and and it, it was probably more important now because that was the way you have to do it because other ways aren't available as, as much anymore. And obviously, depending on your city, your location, your, your restrictions and all that jazz, it, it got, it, it gets challenging, right. Mm -hmm. To, to stay top of mind. Do you ever worry about how you look like, I don't know, my hair looks bad. I look fat. 
I, oh, I'm stupid in that angle or yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like just basic human self hate. Sure. Like, is that, did you, yeah. Like, did, I mean, I know, I, I don't want to say, did you ever, I know you obviously have thought through that, but is that something that's gotten easier over time or do you still fight that all the time or how does that work in your brain? No, I don't fight it. I don't fight it. I think it's human nature to have those thoughts run through your head and understanding that's just part of the process. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not a roadblock. Maybe it's a little speed bump, but knowing what's on the other side of the speed bump is my destination. Right. So yeah, for sure. If you like, if you look at my camera roll, it's probably got 30,000 <laughs> video clips and, and, and you've thrown out, been released. thrown out 29,000 of them. Oh, oh no, time, there's like a four chins in that shot. We're not using that for one. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Now, granted, there's probably, you know, honestly, there's less of that because I know what angles to shoot at. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. or, and, and it's, you know, let's be honest. I don't do a ton of like set up camera shots. I, I have learned to hold my phone. I, I, what's that? What do I say? I've, I've <laughs> almost perfected the art of the selfie arm. Yeah, there's you've got your good angles and bad angles. We all do. And I know the <laughs> angle. And I know the height. And I know when I don't care and when I do care or what I want to get behind me and the distance and and that I need a pop socket on my phone to kind of make it all work. But yeah, you know what? For sure there are there are times where I'm like, Oh, I look rough. Look at those bags under those eyes. And I've probably been paying attention more to my bags under my eyes than ever before. Yeah. You know, wrinkles in the forehead. I see that. I'm 42. Stuff starts happening. Whatever. Um, but here's the thing. What I recognize is I'm not getting chosen or listened to or high-fived or most of my friendships that I have with uh, with people is not because of my looks. Okay? <laughs> uh, like I, You're saying I'm, people don't gravitate to you because you're, you're a... Buddy, I'm a solid <laughs> six. I'm a solid six. Okay? That's good. You know what? Six is a good place to be. It's a nice number. It's... I got room to grow. Yeah. Hey, have I gotten to an eight before? For sure. Okay, so maybe I'm a seven. Let's, let's, let's be a seven, okay? Hey, I'll tell but, you right now, you don't want to be a 10. Here's, here's the way I think of it. If you're, if you're a 10, you can only maybe be friends with a nine. If you're a six... Or somewhere in the middle, you can be friends with four, five, six, seven, exactly. eight, nine. Yeah. So there you go. Right. And then you get the juice <laughs> from the personalities and the humors and, and all that other goodness. Right. And the, and that's the thing that I come to realize, hey, I, I'll say my own gift, I feel, is sharing humor, positivity, insight, entertaining. I think I'm pretty good at bringing smiles to people's faces when they need it, even though they don't know they need it. I could be talking about real estate or something and make them laugh. Like people watch my stuff and they're not even buying. They just like a humor, right? And so when that then in turn gets shared back with me, that helps keep me motivating to create or to be in front of camera or know that I also have a bigger purpose than just selling real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And that's probably been you know, I don't want to call it an aha moment, uh, an Oprah aha moment uh, over the last year, but it's definitely been a variable or been a factor for sure that that I am more than real estate. And and everyone who's who thinks about videos like or any sort of social or making phone calls, like people want to chat with you more than just real estate, but they also want to take your education your experience when they're ready for real estate mm -hmm. but don't just be don't just be real estate i think be a whole human exactly yeah right and and and, and i'll share this this bonus tip here with you and i i've been working on a new slide deck 
That's, did you know that's what the the cool kids uh, call it now? Slide decks. Yeah. Slide. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds technical. It's a new word for keynote presentation. Oh, okay. PowerPoint. Slide deck. Okay, so yeah, sure. PowerPoint. PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we've fine. We dated ourselves. We yeah. dated ourselves. Yeah. You know, if I call it a deck, right? Then I then I sound younger, right? So, just let you know. Amazing. Okay. Mental note. Say slide deck. <laughs> Mental note. Mental note. As as the age of your agent yeah. gets younger, I'll, keep I'll write, they don't know what a PowerPoint is. I'll write that down in my day timer. I'll make a note for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So here's here's the new kind of talk I'm I've been working on and I've had the opportunity to share it with Remax Europe a couple weeks ago. But it's like people ask how do I create content or how should I find this balance in what, in, in what type of, you know, in the mix between personal and, and business. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's always been the, the challenge. Do you want your feed just to be all listed and sold or do you want it to be all your family or if it's all family, how are people going to know I sell? And then, sure. you know, if I'm only putting real estate out, how do they know that I'm more than just real estate? Right. So here's, here's something that unlocked for me was, okay. The average length of your favorite sitcom is is thirty minutes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you're watching Friends or The Office or whatever, whatever, whatever is your flavor, right? So thirty minute episodes of that, it's twenty three minutes of show. Okay, it's twenty three minutes of sure. getting those characters, be entertained, laugh, yep. connect, right? Yep. So so you're building relationships with characters. Mm-hmm. It's seven minutes of commercials. Mm. Okay. Okay, so so now if you start to think about you as a show, twenty five percent, bingo. Okay, so that's a really good analogy. I like that exactly. So imagine if you did twenty three minutes of fucking commercials. Mm -hmm. Would anybody watch you? Not a not a goddamn chance. chance. Yeah, yeah, right. And so when you begin to think about it, be like, okay, twenty three minutes. Hey, I know commercials are coming on for my shows. I'm cool with that. Right. I'll watch yeah. something for two hours if I if I if there's a healthy balance and you're entertaining, insightful, you know, and, and entertainment is not just telling jokes or juggling juggling balls, right? It's, yeah. it's a different form of connecting. And and as a TV show, as a character, like you have different seasons of life. Yeah. Right? You have different characters coming in and out. Your city is different, this client's different, this whatever's different. And if you can wrap your brain around that model of how to deliver and 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 what to share and how to share, I think it takes the pressure off. What should I be posting? How often should I be posting? And like, guess what? All our favorite TV shows take a break. They mm. all go into reruns for a bit. They all disappear for a bit. And I know, Andrew, you and I were chatting about it in another one of my learnings. And he was like, I'm okay for this season to disappear mm-hmm. off the telly for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. It's okay. That might be, I think I might've just had the most wisdom and insightful moment with you that what I've ever had. <laughs> I I think that that analogy about, you know, you're, you're, you're a, you're a TV show and then following those percentages just makes so much sense, but it raises, it raises a question. And I have this question for you. Yeah. If a person's life, is more like a soap opera, you know, days of our lives as the world turns, those shows had more like a 50, 50 split. <laughs> so then sure. if a person's life is like a soap opera, do they need to do, of course I'm joking with this question, but 
you know, do they do they need a slightly different ratio uh, depending on what you're posting? Uh, of course, I'm not serious with that, but I depends I, I, how many characters are in the soap <laughs> opera. Yeah. I I think that analogy is is amazing. I I've always you know what prior to this conversation, I've always with no uh, analogy like that whatsoever. I've always told people I think it should be about twenty eighty. Twenty five makes perfect sense, and I think the analogy of a TV show uh, makes a ton of sense. Nobody wants to hear a robotic statement about statistics. Uh, they want to they want to connect with a real human. And uh, I think that's an awesome, an awesome analogy. Correct, man. And, and like, why do we, why do people feel so connected to Michael Scott? Like, they feel like he's a friend. Like, that person's not even real. Yeah. Right? It's because there's traits about them that they see in themselves or that they see in someone and it becomes relatable mm-hmm. and it becomes like this ever long relationship. We have all these opportunities to form these relationships, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. at some point, they have the opportunity to go to the next level where you can provide value to help them in their lives, or they mm-hmm. can provide mm-hmm. value to help you in yours. Right? Like, yeah, like it's, it's makes a lot of sense. If you build, yeah, you know, if, if, if the character of Michael Scott, after building years of relationship with people turns and says, and by the way, I like this product or I believe in this, or I do that because the trust is already there and the relationships there, people are far Correct. more likely to listen if, uh, than not having that trust in relationship in the Reverse first place. engineer it, man. Start yeah. with like building all the goodness and guess what? Everyone has an audience, hmm. plain and simple. So Very, yeah, I think that's very good. Some, of those, some of those things. Hey, can I, I want to chat with you about something that's team related. So, yeah. You have a, you actually are not a lone ranger. You run with a team. Your team, you've got you and Addison and then a couple other people. Is that right? Yeah, it was me and, well, it's currently me and Addison. We, we've had a, a team up to five and we're currently a team of three with, and that includes an assistant at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some pandemic changes with people and that, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely open to sharing. Oh, I've been in team mode for, I don't know, five years. So, well, here's my question that is, it's, it's more, I think, uh, it's, it's team specific, but it doesn't have to be. And here's what it is. I've noticed that more and more people are wanting to work together. They don't want to be alone. Yeah. And, but what they're looking for is not necessarily the traditional team structure of like, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, like listing agent, buyer agent setup, yeah. right? Which is what yeah. we've, we've seen. That was the original, you know, from the early 2000s, that was kind of the first team concept. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. I know that that plan can work and still does work, but people just want, I think the word I would think of is togetherness. They don't want to be an island. They want to be able to collaborate. They do want some help and support, but they don't want to be alone. So. With that in mind, what is your opinion on teams? I know you run one and the varying setups that could work. You could talk to a little bit about what you do, but what do you think is the way for people to successfully do that if they don't want to be alone? Great question. Yeah, like the the model of teams, and I've seen a bunch. I've been on a team before. I've been individual. I decided to grow a team. Uh, or or start a team uh, a while back. I think if you 
are an island unto yourself, you will, and a, and a productive agent, you will burn out. You will miss life. I call it miss life, but you will find yourself having to juggle your way through life without a set schedule that can put a lot of strain on a lot of different relationships. Uh, I've in in my own market, I see a, I've seen it a lot, especially with older agents mm. uh, who have run who have run the course. I don't think real estate has to be that way. I don't think real estate actually has to be 24-7. I'm always on. Uh, I'll always have my phone by me. And and being a member of a team allows for, for agents who desire maybe a little bit more set schedule, a little bit more freedom, a little bit more camaraderie, mentoring. Like there's, in my opinion, way more value uh, in teams psychologically, emotionally, motivationally, inspirationally, uh, you know, just my point of view on it. Okay, let me let's let me dig into it a little bit with you then. So with your situation with Addison, yeah. are you guys completely interchangeable to all of your clients or or do you have certain clients one works with certain clients the other one? Works with? How do you how do you figure that out? Yeah, I think like Addison and I are pretty unique together as a team. We're kind of like Goose and Maverick, right? We kind of <laughs> wear those different who's, hats. Who's different Maverick? Times. Well, it depends on the day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know, Goose dies, right? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. I okay. So okay. I'm just... like, yeah, great balls of fire, though. He kept people entertained, <laughs> right? Left a left the mark. <laughs> yeah, Penn and Teller. I don't know. Pick pick <laughs> pick a duo, right? Addison and I work in a unique way. Addison started early on. He came on with me as he owned investments, an investment property, loved real estate, uh, wanted to get into real estate. And it was pretty much at the time where I had an assistant and myself and like two new kids, uh, new babies, and was overwhelmed with work. And so he took he took a lot of buyers off my plate that helped me shift and, and also gave me time because he essentially worked all the open houses and all that goodness. And now Addison is a, you know, first overall superstar, uh, as per like, a, a, a I like to call Addison, like the first pick overall that wins rookie of the year, then, then heart trophy. And then, and then kind of runs it from there. Right. Mm. So we're, that's how like, we're pretty interchangeable. Let's mm-hmm. just come back to that, right? Yeah. Like I've been able to kind of do the Mr. Miyagi with him, wax on, wax off. Yeah. And we, he knows the crane kick and I know the crane kick and <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> I love all of your analogy. Just one after the other goose maverick, wax on, wax off, crane kick. Can, I just, can you tell I'm an eighties baby? I don't, I honestly, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I just like all of your, <laughs> your analogy. Someone listening will, will will find this relatable. So you're you, you and him can do you, you can both work with Bob and Linda. Like Bob and Linda got a Correct. house listed. You're Correct. off on the weekend because you want to be off. You took the listing, but if something's going down on the weekend, he can fly in and be point man. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Okay. And that's how it gets built. That's how it gets built. And right from the beginning, that's what's communicated to clients. Correct. Correct. Like that, you know, when you lay it out. Being like our brand, the Jesse Peters team, right? We have our core values, right? Yeah. Addison and I, and, and we've established our core values. And that also gets relayed to our clients. And I'll say, hey, 
the ship, the social savvy squad trademark, by the way, yep. has got you. If I'm not able to make it right, Addison is here. Amy's here. Whoever else is here to help make things as smooth as possible in your journey. Cause guess what? Life happens. Mm-hmm. I've got two kids in sports. I've got a little wife working. We've got time with this, that, and the other thing. And if all that's laid out, then your expectations have been laid out. And sometimes, hey, the bat signal gets flashed and you got to jump in a little bit. But that's been able to bring some normality yeah, to life it works, and opportunity. It works 80% of the time. Is that fair? Exactly. Like, like, yeah, yep. like to your point, the bat signal. So that's probably like, you know, I don't know, symbol, symbol number 19 that you used. But um, <laughs> so, the, so then you're jumping in. But but the majority of the time, it because you guys are interchangeable, it buys you um, the space you need in order to have a life. Correct. We are interchangeable. It's it's like uh, here's another analogy. Hey, head coach, assistant coach. Head coach can't make it. Assistant coach can jump in mm-hmm. and oversee the progress of the team or whatever's going on. That's the relationship Addison and I have uh, with our team right now. Now, mm-hmm. hey, we also have niche audiences. He's big in the investor world. I'm big in like the residential resale. Uh, a little bit more educational world uh, from a from a different angle. Mm-hmm. So we also have our niche audiences and our businesses. Addison no longer really relies on me for his business and vice versa. Uh, yeah. We're there more now for support and guidance, mentorship, needing time away, but also camaraderie. Like, who do I talk to every day? Yeah. Who do I need to talk to? Who, hey, what's going on? Hey, we, what are we talking about? So when does when does Addison take, when does he get time off? Like, what is he doing in his life? Is there, does he have a day or two days a week where he unplugs while you're on or what? Yeah. So he's kind of like a Wednesday, like he's usually kind of like Wednesday, Thursday off. Mm-hmm. Usually mm-hmm. like summertime, he hits the golf course with his dad. You know, he's newly married. Addison's going to be away for a couple of weeks in November for a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then he's going to be a new dad. So that's going to change because <laughs> You know, yeah. life changes your schedule because I, I giggle because he's 30 years old with no children, mm-hmm. just married, yeah. always able to work. Right. So now I'm 10 years ahead of him on that path. Yeah. And we share and we help and his schedule is going to change and he's going to need me a little bit differently. Or we're going to have someone else on the bench that can also step in because, you know, I think building a team, you know, is like having a starting five. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone has their own unique strength. But when everyone's on the ice together with the same vision, uh, you know, there, there's great ways to do it. And yeah, that's, that's, that was another analogy. Holy crow. I talked in a lot of analogies. Just, to, <laughs> it's great. Keep going. So just to point out, I, I want to give people some context for your guys' situation. So I'm going to guess and say between the two of you, you guys sell maybe 70 homes a year, 80 homes a year. How many transactions do you, maybe I'm a bit high. I don't know. We sold 170 last year, the two of us. You did 170? Oh, yeah. you had other team members at that time, did you not? No, uh, we had one other team member for like a quarter of that time. How so many have you done this t- year? Take her up. Uh, we're over 100 combined. Wow. Look at that. That was even low. I-, I thought that you guys maybe got close to 100, but weren't over. But you're doing way more volume than I thought. Yeah. After, uh, what was it? 2018, 2019, we were like, Addy and I were like 75. And then we jumped to uh, okay, that's where 102. I... See, the last time I talked to you in Vegas, you were at about 75. (laughs) So I just didn't really, yeah, of course. Why didn't I think it had blown up? So you're, you're, the two of you are doing whatever, a lot, a lot, a lot of business. Yeah. And so that's the thing too, right? I talked about our price points. 
to get to top 1%, and I'll talk in REMAX language right now, diamond, right? You yeah. know, that's a, that, yeah. that's, I believe, primarily dollar volume, right? Like, and your price points are not a million dollars. The yeah. average, say for us, is, say it's 450000 yeah, I think that's a lot of deals you got to put together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. so the break is needed. Uh, I think we're probably walking a, a fine line right now, right? You mean the break in terms of your sanity with how much business you're doing? Correct. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, why not have another? Have you just have you thought about bringing another? Or you had previous agents before, and yeah, they're no longer with you. But it was it were those like buyer agent type relationships, or what Correct. was that? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say buyer agent to an extent, right? Like, here's the thing. Like, in Manitoba, we can't buy leads, right? We, we don't have DDF or IDX, right? Interesting. Some of those programs, yep. like, it, it's not in our Brokers Act. I believe it's coming in our new Brokers Act. Yeah. So, you know, having these systems that mega teams have, you know. Where they're, yeah, they're like, generating. Hey, we always got leads yeah. for you. Yeah. No, like, we are purely relationship business, right? So... So, yeah, newer agents primarily are working with buyers. So for sure, but I, you're not coming on on the squad expecting I'm going to give you a hundred leads because I've got some social program or yeah. Google program that's generating that. We're not right. So you're coming on for a lot of other reasons. Yeah. Um. But yeah, mm. so that's kind of you know interesting. I I think that your so the reason I, I asked the question is because I, I, back to, you know, what I said earlier, people looking for companionship, togetherness, like, you know, the, the ability to not be alone. I think that your setup is, uh, it makes sense to me. And I think it's actually what a lot of people want. They want to be yeah. with somebody where they're not necessarily one person's drastically better than the other or needed more. It's more of an equally yoked environment where they can be interchangeable uh, and they can get some time off it's not you know the challenge there is finding the person that's the right fit for that like you know any relationship totally. is tough and you got to work for it and you know they don't just fall in your lap but i'm just hearing more and more and i also think it's probably the result of the pandemic or you know it's influenced it is that people don't want to be islands and, and at the same time recognizing that there are there's money you have to be willing to as a team leader not have Right. Like, sure. I want to, you know, Addison can be, I'll speak to only what I know. Addison could be a kick ass, top performing individual agent if he wants. Make all the money in the world. Sure. Right. But that's not his primary. That's not my primary. Primary. Right. To make, like, it's not huge cuts. I don't do huge splits. Mm -hmm. Right. I do fair splits that, that reach certain, you reach a certain level and that split swings right into your favor right i'm not here to make money big bucks off growing this team you know it's more support collaboration you know not being on an island understanding that there are costs to running a team right and that's where some of these splits come from mm -hmm. but like i don't do 50 50 i don't do 60 40 right I, they're, they're, you reach a certain level then it goes you know almost it goes to you're keeping 90 plus after mm -hmm. whatever arrangement you have with the brokerage, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, I make sure the agents have a little bit of skin in the game. They pay for their desk fees, mm -hmm. right? So it's not just a free load ride. You don't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so like, cause I've been there, done that. Why did I leave certain things? Uh, high splits with no value returns, no culture, mm -hmm. uh, no, no cap, nothing capped, 
right? So mm-hmm. I think those are all important factors as you grow a team now. What sort of culture, collaborate, like it's it's more than just dollars. And I think you know that as a broker or as, a, yeah. as, a, yeah, as an owner, right? Well, there's that famous... Famous quote, price is only an issue in the absence of value. And I think one of, one of the reasons there's a hesitancy to get into a traditional team setup for some people is that there's a, uh, a pattern in the industry of exactly that, where the, the, the team leader isn't delivering value that is equal to the price being charged. And so, and, and you know, there's a lot of people out there, I think, that they're not newbies right like they're not brand new people who need to be spoon-fed and can't get any business they just they want to be they want to be together they want to be with someone they want to be like to your point they want to have some culture some support and they don't necessarily fit the mold of somebody who where it would make sense to be carving out 50 percent of what you're making to a team leader because they don't quite need that they can bring a little bit more to the relationship so yeah it's uh that's good to um yeah, that's good to get your take. I I think that's a it's an ongoing conversation and struggle that people have, but it's it's good to hear your perspective on it. That's for sure. For sure, I appreciate that. And you know what? As the landscape of our league changes, right? The the real estate industry, right? There's different there's different uh, you know strategies. There's new teams. There's it's it's ever evolving, and I think you know a team structure needs to continue to evolve. And you need to listen to your players. That's uh, what they're wanting, right? And what are you offering? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When do you guys start thinking about 2022? Oh, we already have. We started thinking like August. And then do you set aside, like, how do you approach planning? What, like, I, that's great. You're already thinking about it in August, but if you're going to make sig- significant changes or if you got some major pushes in some way, when are you setting aside time for that? How are you doing that? Oh yeah, yeah. We start discussing like August, kind of. Hey, what you know? As we we always try to work a, a few quarters ahead. Yeah. Not get too far ahead, but like, hey, what's macro vision for the next year, personally and professionally, mm-hmm. right? And so, our our kind of late October uh, is our. You know, we go away for a couple of days and do a powwow and and set set our targets and and kind of what needs to be, you know, put together for the next season, right? So we try to do that a quarter ahead and, you know, put things on our whiteboards and vision boards and, you know, make sure we're all on the same page as we go into Q4 and be like, okay, while we're doing current business, who do we need to talk to? What needs to go on so that we just keep the train moving, right? So, and it's it evolved. So what is that? Is that... I don't know, break that down. Is that communication strategies to existing clients? Is that, uh, are you, are you actually planning out and mapping out your entire social media strategy? Like you do a lot on social media where, where, when, and where are you coming up with your content? Is it planned well in advance or is it kind of more in the moment? Uh, there are some things that are planned in advance. For sure. Do I wish there were times where I wish I was more planned in advance? Do I wish there were times that I, you know, that I gave up the reins of social contenting and just kind of had someone else tell me what to do, when to do? For sure. <laughs> yeah, you must get tired. Like, you must get exhausted, hey? Like, buddy, like, I just released a video today, like, on my stories, just being like, hey, I've been off the grid with video stuff lately. 
Uh, I'd like to say I've been a little video burnt out, right? I've been doing nine years of social videoing, right? And for me, like, there wasn't a ton, ton of stuff video-wise where I put myself in front of the camera over the summer, right? Maybe no one noticed Mm -hmm. the character of the show, the the director, right? Sure. Okay, right? Yeah. But we've had a couple of social media managers before, but, you know, no one ever really local that, kind of was on the same page and understanding of social content. That's a totally different side conversation. Um, yeah. So you tried to farm it out. We, and and the problem yeah, is, is that the outside, the farm company, they're not, they're not living in the same no, dirt and soil that you are. Cutter. Yeah, and I totally. Think you really need to do an in-house hire and have them with you for six months. So they start to understand your personalities. Mm-hmm. what content's important and, and understanding, you know, how it can work in real estate. Right. Cause I don't think, you know, that's just my thoughts on it. Pain points. We look at, we, we, we review pain points. What were struggles that we had? How do we want to make it easier for our clients experiences? Right. How do we want to make it, you know, easy, what can we deliver to our, our socially sold families lives beyond real estate? Where, you know, we're, you know, sketching out our events because now we can start doing those again. Super excited about because we would do, you know, four or five, six events a year where we would connect with our people. And so understanding the value of that and also figuring out other ways to deliver that when these events can't happen. Yeah. Like, to, we'd like to automate things a little bit easy, you know, a little bit more. Right. There's still some pain points in, in the, the back end stuff. Sure. Totally. So, like just physically you know, getting stuff out once you've shot. Correct. Editing, finishing, sending it out. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so there are some things there, but I, again, like I'd like to say we do, we cover most bases pretty smoothly, but I want, you know, we, I, we, we talk about less hours to deliver awesomeness. Say right. that again. Less what? Less less hours to deliver awesomeness. Less hours to deliver awesomeness. Yeah. I want to like, it needs to take less man hours to, mm-hmm. to deliver surprise and delight moments to our clients. To know that, hey, we've cleaned your windows. We've cut your grass. We've got your papers over there. We don't, you know, just all the little, the little checklists, I, I think is kind of... It can be busy when you're doing a lot of volume, mm-hmm. right? And totally. whether it's it's hiring more or coming up like uh, different backend strategies to automate different things, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we can improve there, and that's what these discussions are for, right? Like we get in front of the whiteboards, and I've got a massive whiteboard that sits in my office, and uh, I'll take that down, and we'll, and we'll go away for two days and kind of. Lay it all, lay it all out, and we we break it down into quarters and months, and then hey, how are we on track for conversations, coffee meetings, you know, surprise and delight moments for our clients? Johnny made the hockey team. Hey, we they've got new hockey sticks or whatever it is, right? Just still have an impact in people's lives. And uh, are we connecting with our charities of choice? How are we giving value back to our city? Those are all different things that we go over. Mm-hmm. Right, because we want to be more than just real estate, and uh, I think that's helped us get to where we are. You're not having those conversations in January or even even December. You're having those cases, no, those conversations no. today about next year, and you started already. Exactly, exactly. 
right? Uh, you know, early on, you know, when I wanted to do it all by myself, you're like, oh, shit, I should have been talking about that or figuring that out two months ago. Then you're scrambling. Then something else in your life where you're needed gets sacrificed because you're, you're behind in the race, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So That's very good, that. man. Yeah. I, I think if I something I take away from what you just said, I, I, I'll say it this way. I think you're, you're focused on your client experience and you've got other terminology that you use there, but it sounds like your, your, your client experience is, is top of right. mind and you're having that drive your, you know, your, your mission in, in your planning. And that, that is, I think you're bang on. I think that's amazing. Yeah, like like uh, we we focus on relationships, not transactional transactions. Mm-hmm. If we sell a hundred, that's awesome. Did what waves do we make for clients on their major life moments? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if we sell one hundred and seventy, holy crow, holy crow! Like if we if we do forty each or thirty each, great. How do we impact it, and how did that? How does that work for the rest of our lives as well? Right. And I think that's something that for me in the last few few years has been more of an understanding to reach and uh, than it was early on in the first, you know, four or five years in my business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, which is, which is, you know, now like how's real estate been through the pandemic? And well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, Andrew, like it's been crazy, right? You reflect on life. You reflect like we, uh, we've lost people uh, personally, professionally, uh, you the different things that filled your 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 soul's cup changed, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. got limited, uh, different perspectives on things, and and realizing that I need some things were taken away or restricted, mm-hmm. um, and so you need to find other ways to fill your your soul's cup, right? Mm-hmm. And then then when the cup's full, it it affects all your all your areas of life, and and real estate doesn't fill my cup one hundred percent. No. Right. Yeah, well said. And so when I tried to fill it up 100%, it always seemed to be like a leak in that cup and it never flowed differently. So, or it flowed differently. And so, you know, like I haven't worked really any weekends in the last six months, seven months. Right? I know there's going to be, there's going to be people listening to that statement who heard that you sell a hundred plus homes and then you go, you don't work weekends. And I think some people are going to go, that is just, that's bullshit. How is that possible? But yeah. I know that I know it's true. I know it's true. And yeah. it's because of what you've got set up with Addison, your partner. And I know that you guys have boundaries with your clients. And Correct. it seems like an unbelievable possibility to somebody who's selling 30 homes and doesn't know how to manage that and is giving away their evenings and weekends. But I know for a fact that you are home and involved and available to your family. And I, I just think that it's unbelievable that you guys have figured out how to do that kind of volume and not give away your lives at the same time. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's something that, you know, a lot of people should, um, should try to emulate and copy. Cause I think yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Thanks buddy. You know, Hey, and <laughs> I remember Andrew Bracewell not working Sundays early in my career and be like, how the heck is he not working every single weekend, every open house? Right. <laughs> and my wife being like, why aren't you doing what Andy's doing? <laughs> right. But also, you know, setting those boundaries, I think it's really important. And as the scope of how we get are viewed as realtors in our business, right. Laying the groundwork being like, Hey, 
I'm either available this weekend, I'm going to the cottage this weekend, I've got activities, if an emergency comes up, and I recognize that it's also time sensitive, I'm there for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also trying to like, let's do some evenings, but if it's evenings, here's usually when I'm with my family for dinner or bedtime or home from school. I know it doesn't always work that way, but you lay those cards out early on, Yeah, everyone then knows what hand we're playing with. Your clients know what's working. Yeah. And 99% of the time they respect it, they understand it and probably if and and probably even understand it even more now. Yeah. Right? than ever before. Totally. And you're showing them from the get-go at the beginning of the relationship that you're a yep. human being, you're not just a robot who jumps to every need and then, you know, what happens is too is that there's some people that aren't the right fit and they move on and they go work elsewhere and then right. you're left with That's okay. a beautiful group of people that see the world the way you do and for the most part, yep. I mean of course there's the exceptions but yeah, sure. for the most part your life gets respected by your clientele and that's that's an incredible thing. Exactly. And it's funny, right? Like if all of a sudden I'm working 24-7 for these clients and they've been watching the Jesse show and realize his kids are there and this is there, this is there, well, what's the fake part? What's he faking? Mm-hmm. Is he really on 24-7? Mm-hmm. Well, like, mm-hmm. what's, what's BS? And you begin to lose trust. Yeah. Right? So, so also now with that, it's like, how do I fill my cup? Well, guess what? I've started taking masterclass. Like I got a subscription to masterclass from my parents for my birthday. Yeah. Learning to barbecue a little more. I learning some pen and teller coin tricks. <laughs> we, I, I am in the middle of self teaching myself how to play uh, the scientist by Coldplay on the piano. I haven't played the piano since I was 12. Um, what else am I, what else am I doing? Right? Like I'm, you know, gym journey for me has kind of a couple of years ago, I was on a, big gym journey, like discovering life and, and the mindset. So that's changed a little bit. So did you, what did you do with, did that die away at pandemic? How, tell me how, uh, how much weight did you put on? How many, how many pounds did you, did you gain? Everybody has a story about what happened through the pandemic. You know what, Andrew? I haven't weighed myself since 2018. Oh, well, there you go. That's, that's great. But I do know <laughs> that, uh, but I do know, um, uh, this, the, I don't fit 33 waist right now. <laughs> you feel I'm just, to, you feel I'm back fuller. To 36. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. But, but I understand. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. That's, that's the season. Yeah. Right. Like that's where we're at. Um, as far as like going back and working out, like it, I went pretty extreme. So I'll say there was a burnout there for sure. I miss mm-hmm. running. I'd like to get back doing that again, but I also want to do different activities. Yeah. Right? Like I want to get into a pickleball league. I want to play pickleball. Right. Pickleball uh, is all the rage these days. A lot of people are playing yeah. pickleball. Yeah. Yeah. I got to find a league that accepts underagers because it's like 55 plus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, there are some things there where just it's a different journey and understanding, like taking away the pressures of being like, oh, I was here. Oh my gosh, look at myself. Ah, that, that was the character at that season of my life. That's the chapter of that book. And I think it's a way not to be so hard on ourselves because I also got my kids looking up to me. I got my wife looking at me. You know, how we carry ourselves as role models, we don't know, you know, they're watching in our actions and, 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 and whatnot. And I think some of the stuff now, especially with young children, how I act to things in life will, will make an imprint on them. So I, I, Hey man, if I'm a 33, a 32, a 38, a 40, whatever, trying to, trying to do the best I can. Good perspective. 
Any yeah, any uh, any recent food passions that have come Ooh. about? Well, peanut butter sandwiches. I've been eating a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, we 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 touched we touched on that. Assuming assuming that that part it was recording at that part, we had a little uh, recording malfunction at the beginning. Who knows if we got that? If we didn't get it, yes, Jesse likes peanut butter sandwiches. No honey, no jelly, just peanut butter. Yeah, I, I'm a peanut butter fan. It's also the quickest and easiest thing to make without using multiple utensils. Because I'm like, I'll spread with the knife, and then I'll use a spoon to scoop the jelly out. And then it's right so there's no cross-contamination. Just... <laughs> That's amazing. You don't like peanut well, butter chunks in your jelly? The, uh, you know what? I do. The other people in my house who use it don't. I understand. Right? I understand. So, yeah. so, so, Wait, so yeah, you mentioned that... you're, uh, you did a master class on barbecuing? I'm working on the master. I'm just starting the master class on barbecuing. Who leads that one it. in that one? Who's the uh, teacher? What's where's his name here? It is. It's not Gordon Ramsay or anything like that. No, 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 no. Sorry, I gotta pull it up. But uh, I'm currently on Penn and Teller before I was waiting for you, so I'll have to. Doesn't matter. Have you barbecued anything amazing yet, or no? No. <laughs> You've really just started. <laughs> well, I like watching the videos and understanding. <laughs> Not, not a, we're not a big meat house, so I, I, I think once I become a better understanding and more confident with the, with the, with the grill, yeah, I think that might change a little bit. So, uh, what am I eating? Um, a lot of local, right? Like we we we're still in the habit of ordering out. Are your what's your uh, how many times a week are you uh, skip the D or uh, or DoorDash or whatever? Three times for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's, right. uh, that's, that's, a, I'd say that's that's, that's like borderline goes. shareholder in the company. That's pretty high. Yeah, and I wish they gave out more points every time I ordered because it's like, hey, you've got 3,000 points on Skip. Here's your $3 savings. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> 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 no, maybe not. Maybe not. Three to, uh, some, some weeks for sure. It's convenience. With, you well, know, I mean, it takes like a lot of work to go too, from but... a 33 to a 36 waist. I'm sure, you know, you got to. Hey, you, gotta... you know what I love? Santa Lucia pizza. I, I can eat pizza every day, every single day. I shouldn't, but I do. Um, but definitely, like, it, it's been interesting, right? Because we relied on Skip for a long time because a lot of restaurants were closed. Yeah. And now restaurants are you know, not all of them made it back, right? And mm -hmm. I love eating local. Like, I love supporting. And it's been a challenge to see, you know, some of our favorites go by the wayside. And some do well, you know, or some have bounced back, you know, understanding like, holy shit, we had this gem of a restaurant. We need to go there and support it so that, you know, it can get through this and we don't lose another one, right? And so, you know, there's, you know, my favorite deli, Myers Deli. There's uh, Pacero. I love Pacero. It's this little 12-seater restaurant down in the Forks in, in downtown Winnipeg. Check it out. They, you know, the, the chef owns it has three restaurants. He lost two of them. Pacero stayed, right? I guess we try to get out the best we can, but that's kind of kind of our restaurant world. Not enough, not en not enough getting out yet, but that's, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. These are the times we're in. Yeah, man. Buddy, I got to, uh, we're both busy and unfortunately I got to cap it. I know you're not capping it, but I got to cap it because I got, I got other stuff I got to get to. And I, but I sincerely appreciate your, uh, your time and yeah, man. your willingness to share. I always enjoy our conversations and, um, I hope that Likewise, those buddy. listening enjoyed it as much as we did. 
Yeah, you know what, Andrew, I really appreciate coming on to your platform and, you know, sharing a little bit of, sometimes it's just hearing different voices told in a different way that can make magic happen personally, professionally, and in so many different ways. And and I think what you're curating here and, and you're, you've created a platform is for more people to have those opportunities to experience that or to share it. And uh, as I always say, uh, whether I'm giving a talk in front of 3,000 people or having a one-on-one, I'm always here, right? If you got questions, if you want to pick a brain, personally, professionally, whichever, I'm always here, right? You can, you can message me and I'll do my best to, to get back to you. So, Thanks, my friend. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and uh, send me a picture of whatever you order on Skip later on. <laughs> well, Michelle's working. I got kids' activities. There will definitely be a skip order. Tonight. High probability, it's going to be something, uh, something like pizza or something. Who knows? Oh yeah. You know what? What's funny was I ordered pizza the other day, thinking everyone's going to eat it. Nobody ate it but me. I ended up in a in like five <laughs> days eating three pizzas. So I was like, oh wow, wow, wow. 30, and that's how that's how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Oh, there we go, buddy. Have a good one. There we go. Take care. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye.